This is Amy, and you're listening to the Southern Salon Podcast. So I'm excited to share with you an episode, a walk and talk episode through Tweetsie Railroad and the Ghost Train. This walk and talk episode includes an audio experience with Ghost Train. And also I have an interview with the nephew of Grover Robbins Jr., Chris Robbins. And Chris was gracious enough to sit down with me and talk about his uncle who developed this park along with the Land of Oz, which is 30 minutes away. I'm not gonna tell you too much about the park in the beginning because Chris is gonna talk about all of that, but it's a really neat experience and I hope you enjoy. Here we go. It's Tweetsie Railroad 2023 Ghost Train. We're heading in. So I'm standing here with my son Landon, who is a YouTuber, LS Rail and Space on YouTube. Landon, tell us what's about to happen. Okay, so Tweetsie Railroad. S118 class locomotive number 190 every year in October they dress it up as the ghost train they put a skull on the front of the engine and just make it look really really creepy and they pull guests around the mountain so while we're waiting on the train there are people in costume dancing in the streets and I'm told that they're gonna play thriller and dance to it soon why are you here at ghost train <laughs> I'm here to have fun and make memories with my family and just, yeah, it's so exciting, you know? Is this your have, first ghost train? Yes. Yeah, it's our first. Okay. Well, you're about to have a blast because it's awesome. So. Okay, the first crowd is boarding the ghost train. It's covered in cobwebs. It looks so creepy. It's incredible. Fire came out of the smokestack as it came out of the shed. So it's a really exciting season at Tweetsie. First ghost train's getting ready to pull out. Welcome to Twenty Railroad's Ghost Train. These particular fall nights, werewolves proud. So we come to Western North Carolina pretty frequently, and I've been coming to Tweetsie since the 70s. And then when I had children, I started bringing my children to Tweetsie. And we were just there this past Saturday for Ghost Train. Good. It's the second time we've done it, and we just absolutely love it. It's been interesting to get to know trains through my son to to learn this history. And he wanted to join me today, but he's at school. So he really wanted to be here to meet you. So I'm assuming that your family, that Grover Robbins is related to you, right? The last name He's my uncle. Yeah. Your uncle. Yeah. Okay. Right. Do you want to start by talking about Grover Robbins a little bit since he was the inspiration for Tweetsie Railroad? Grover, um, Grover Robbins Jr. we're talking about. My uncle. His father, of course, was Grover Robbins Sr., who was a native of Blowing Rock and was a big tourism promoter and promoter of the town of Blowing Rock during his lifetime, created many public projects in Blowing Rock, like the park that's in downtown Blowing Rock. He started that probably back in the 1930s when he was the mayor of Blowing Rock. And uh, the, the swimming pool in Blowing Rock is still called the Grover Robbins Pool. Apparently, he was a big factor in getting the Blue Ridge Parkway 
diverted so it was closer to Bowling Rock when it was being planned and built back during the Depression. And then that kind of entrepreneurial spirit was passed on to his sons, Grover Jr., Harry Robbins, my father, and Spencer Robbins, my other uncle, who just passed away last year, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And um, they were big tourism promoters in the area. Grover was uh, really a genius. He was a um, true entrepreneur. He started businesses from scratch, uh, creating something out of nothing, like Tweetsie Railroad, golf course communities in the area, and housing developments in the area, and things like that that uh, still endure to this day. The Hound Deers Club was also one of his brainchilds. Beach Mountain also. But Tweetsie Railroad was kind of the start of it back in 1957. Grover um, wanted the railroad to come back here. The train what we have here, the number 12 locomotive, was the last surviving locomotive from the East Tennessee and Western North Carolina Railroad, which went defunct in 1940, uh, in this area anyway, after the big flood. And uh, the, the residents missed it. It was a, a commerce connection, a lifeline to this area from Johnson City, and bringing in mail, supplies, taking out lumber, bringing in coal, taking in and bringing up passengers. And he just really missed that and somehow got word that the number 12 locomotive was available after being passed through several hands. It was the only surviving locomotive of the railroad, as I said, and he just wanted to use it as the starting point for Tweetsie Railroad. There's some debate whether he intended to create a theme park out of Tweetsie Railroad or just have it as an excursion railroad. But knowing Grover, he knew from the beginning he wanted to create a Wild West theme park because he usually thought these things through. And if it became that, that's what he wanted it to be. So he bought the train from Gene Autry, right? Sort of. Gene Autry actually had optioned a locomotive from a, a, a railroad called the Shenandoah Central Railroad in Harrisonburg, Virginia. They had acquired a locomotive from the ETWC or its successors and started a small railroad in Harrisonburg called the Shenandoah Central Railroad, just a one-mile loop. And it lasted for two years. Hurricane Hazel came through in 1954 and kind of put an end to it. So they put it back on the market, the locomotive and the train cars. And somehow Gene Autry got wind of it, started a negotiation to acquire the locomotive and the trail cars and take them to California to use in his Western movies. I think he found out that it was going to cost him more to ship it out there than the train was worth. And Grover somehow got wind of that and stepped in and bought Gene Autry's option on the train for a dollar. He did not buy the train for a dollar. He bought the option for a dollar. And he paid $17,000 for the, the train and train cars. We have the letter agreement hanging in our office here, signed by Gene Autry, and brought the train to Hickory, or had the train brought to Hickory by rail. It was restored there, and then he brought it up here and opened Tweetsie Road in July 4th, 1957. At that time, it was just it was just a one-mile loop, a one-mile track here also. The train went out into the forest for a mile, stopped at a picnic area, then backed up into town. And then the following year, 1958, they completed the, the rail loop. So we now have the three-mile rail loop that the train goes around. So can you talk about some of the ways that the park has grown over the years? I know that you probably, because it is a business, you have to respond to changes in the economy, changes in people's expectations and things like that. And yet it still remains relatively small and traditional. I think that appeals to those of us that have been coming there for 40, 50 years, right? Because it it has changed in some ways, but largely remains unchanged. And and that works for us who have memories there. But can you talk about some of the the ways, the things that you've added over the years and, and how that's changed the park? Yeah, uh, what you're saying, I hear from our guests all the time. I wander through the park every day and guests will stop you and say, I came here when I was five years old. I'm now bringing my grandchildren. And they say, you know, the park has changed a lot since I was here, but it really hasn't changed at all in other ways, you know? <laughs> 
don't want to mess with the essential tweetsiness of what we do. We are a small theme park. We're a regional theme park. We'll never be the size of a Carowinds or a Six Flags, and that's not what we want to do. We're a small, intimate park, and preserving that kind of vibe feeling is very important. And you picked up on it also. It's a special place. People know that. And people realize that, that when they're here. You don't want to change that. But at the same time, you want to expand the park, expand the offerings of the park. So we do that, but still keep the um, essence of what we do. We've added rides. In fact, we added three new rides this year. Uh, we've added events. Years ago, we added the Thomas the Tank Engine event. We added Ghost Train. We added Tweezy Christmas in 2017. We have different specialty acts come to the park throughout the year, like Canines in Flight or Riders in the Sky. So we, we do things that bring people back to the park or give them reasons to come back to the park with something new, but at the same time, not tamper with what makes it so appealing. And I think the fact that it has remained, you know, it, it hasn't been, it hasn't turned into like a Dollywood scape, right? It, it enhances <laughs> the natural beauty of the region. I mean, you really just get to, you, you have the feeling that you're in the mountains and it's, it's a beautiful space. Right. And right now you're in ghost train season. So you mm -hmm. talked about events, you've got haunted houses, a haunted forest, you've got the lights are gorgeous. The entertainment is great. I love the dancers and the music. It just adds so much, but then you have the train, which is the centerpiece, right? right. And you have the train all decked out in its spooky costume. Right. So how did you get the idea for Ghost Train? Well, that predates me. That started in 1989, and I started working at Tweezy Railroad in 1996. It's actually uh, Kathy Robbins, my wife, was the director of marketing at the time, and she, along with our uh, town marshal at the time, Tracy Brown, who's now the uh, tourism director for the town of Blowing Rock, um, came up with the idea. And it just started off as kind of small and, frankly, kind of lame. We had, they had the JCs do the haunted house and things like that. They started a Christmas event that year also. The Christmas event didn't do very well, but the ghost train had promise. So it started and it grew year after year. And um, and that's a good example of what Tweetsie does. It's, it's a Halloween event. We have the haunted house. We have the freaky forest, the ghost train. But it's not really hardcore horror that you see at some of these parks because it's still a family audience. People will be here with their small children, their teenage children, their grandparents, all coming together and all having something fun to do while they're here without um, without alienating any of those age groups. And riding around the mountain in the train in the dark is so cool. I mean, I, that just appeals to me. I, this is one of my favorite seasons, probably my favorite season. Mm -hmm. And I was looking forward to that the whole time we were there. We had a nine o'clock ticket. Mm -hmm. And I deliberately chose for after, you know, to make sure it was really, really dark. That's good. But it was wonderful. The the show and the the fireworks going by and it, it was just a wonderful experience. Good. But like you said, not too scary. Just right. that you strike that good balance for family entertainment. Our uh, um, tagline for it is safe, scary, fun for the entire yeah. family. So you have two locomotives at Tweetsie. You have number 12 and the Yukon Queen, the 190. Is that That's right? That's correct. That's good. And you use 190 for Ghost Train. Is that correct? We do. Um, we swap locomotives back and forth throughout the season, depending on what is uh, someone might need some repair. We take it off, put the other locomotive on. The 190 locomotive is historic in its own right. It was 80 years old this year, and uh, we celebrated it during our Railroad Heritage Weekend in August. And it came from Alaska, from the White Pass in Yukon. Grover bought it in 1960 as a spare locomotive to bring here to Tweetsie Railroad. And there's a good aside, if you don't mind me. You're talking about Dollywood. Mm -hmm. Grover, Grover actually bought three locomotives in Alaska, brought one here to Tweetsie Railroad. And took two to Pitch and Forge, Tennessee, to create a Civil War themed theme park called Rebel Railroad. After the, it was a centenary of the Civil War in 1961, 62 when it opened. And after that, uh, he changed the theme to Wild West, and it became Gold Rush Junction. Um, they later sold Gold Rush Junction 
and went through a couple of different owners and eventually it became Silver Dollar City mm -hmm. and they were renamed Dollywood. So Berber was the originator of what is now Dollywood. Yes, that's another place that I went as a child was Silver Dollar City. Now, these are these questions are going to appeal to the YouTube community that comes okay. to Tweetsie pretty often. Lots of videos about Tweetsie. What okay. kind of preparations are made to Engine 190 for the ghost train? It's mainly cosmetic. Uh, we put the giant skull on the front of it and uh, various colored lights down the side, custom siding on the tender or coal car that says Ghost Train, have it ranged so it can breathe fire and belch fire out the smokestack, all for the Ghost Train effect. A lot of people don't realize it's a separate locomotive from the 190 lo locomotive we might use during the day during the summer, but it right. is the same locomotive. Yeah, I wasn't expecting the fire. That was a really cool it effect is cool. to see that coming down in the dark and the fire coming out. And he wanted to know, is number 12 ever used for Ghost Train? No, we have it available in case we need it for Ghost Train. We'll be open this weekend. The 12 will run during the day while we're using our regular Wild West theme. Uh, we close at 6. We pull the 12 off. We put the 190 on and open 90 minutes later as a whole different theme park with a whole different theme, different shows, different characters. So it's basically changing from one theme park to another in an hour and a half. I mean, you talked about this a little bit, but what do you think preserving Tweetsie? And we didn't talk about why it's got its name. It's the whistle. Mm. It's the distinctive sound of the Twistle, right? That gave it the name right. Tweetsie. When it was um, part of the East Tennessee and Western North Carolina Railroad, the locals nicknamed it the Tweetsie. It wasn't a particular locomotive. It was the name of the railroad. It was just a nickname. I'm going to catch the Tweezy tomorrow to Johnson City. Do you need me to pick up anything? And they just kind of stuck there. And the term Tweezy Railroad didn't exist until it became a theme park in 1957. But the name does harken back to what the residents called it. And it was from the sound of the whistle or from trying to make a word out of the E-T-N-W-N-C acronym. One of the questions I had was, what what does it mean to you to have this park in your family's history? And what do you think it means to the area to preserve this park? It obviously means a lot to the area because, as I say, you get multi-generational visits here, visitors here. People came here like you did as a child and still come to this day. And it's, it's something that has to be preserved. Many Wild West theme parks have come and gone over the decades there used to be a lot of Wild West theme parks in America. Now there's just a couple, and we're, we're one of them. But um, I think we just have a formula here that resonates with everybody, and, and it's something that has to be preserved. And we're happy to do it because it's a great place. When you go to Tweetsie, the park, you'll notice there's a cemetery in the middle of the park. For for historians who might be <laughs> interested in why that's there, What what's the story behind that? Well, that's been there longer than Tweetsie's been here. It's part of the Middle Fork Baptist Church, which is on the back side of the mountain here from us. You can actually see it from the train during the uh, fall season when the leaves are off the tree. The church was right across the street from Tweezy Railroad. And then in uh, 1979, they four-laned the highway out here, and they moved the church, just picked it up and moved it to another site very close by. And that uh, graveyard goes with the church, and there's still the occasional burial there. So it's still a private graveyard, but it just happens to be situated there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Emerald Mountain close by, Land of Oz. That was also a Grover Robbins idea, correct? Right. Yeah, that was part of the Beach Mountain development. Okay, if I can talk about that just a minute, because sure. we went to Land of Oz the weekend before we came to Ghost Train, and we've we've been to Autumn at Oz quite a bit, and I noticed right. a grave on top of Emerald Mountain that said mm -hmm. Grover Robbins. So is that Grover ah. Robbins Sr.? That's that Grover Robbins uh, Jr., Uncle. Jr., 
the founder of Tweezy Road and and the, the founder. Okay, so Beach so he's yeah. buried there at Land of Oz. That's a that's a memorial to him. He's actually buried in Blowing Rock. We went to Autumn at Oz several years ago, my wife and I, and had a great time there. It was a great event. A lot of people have memories of Oz too, like they have memories of Tweezy. And we were just taking strolling along there. We took a path up to the peak of the mountain, which is just I don't know 100 feet off the trail. Because we knew there'd be a great view up there, and there was. But we just almost literally stumbled on that marker you're talking about. I didn't know it was there until we were there that, that day. Um, and it's actually kind of a direct duplicate of the memorial where he is buried in Blowing Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same um, epitaph and everything. And, you know, that's a story of a place that didn't survive, but then has slowly been sort of revived through volunteer right. efforts over the years. Right. Yeah. A little different because um, Land of Oz was part of a very large scale land development there at Beach Mountain, which had golf, tennis, skiing, one of the big ski areas of the South, home sites, condominiums, airport. It was a very large land development that Grover got into in his later years, building these private gated communities that had uh, golf and other amenities. And um, Land of Oz was there just as part of the whole Beach Mountain development. During the early 1970s real estate recession, a very severe recession there, the um, Development went bankrupt and Land of Oz went with it. So going back to Tweetsie. So Tweetsie is the old, I read that it's the oldest theme park in the Carolinas. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. One of the oldest in America. It evolved here. It wasn't like Grover came in here and he put it in the rides and the shows and the restaurants and the stores and the zoo. It all evolved over time. And that's sort of Hawking goes back to the graveyard issue. He acquired this piece of land through a mixture of uh, purchases, rents, easements, leases, and knew he wanted it to be near Blowing Rock, but have highway access and a place to park. So he put this parcel together, even though it had a graveyard on it, uh, which just, it evolved into a theme park from an excursion railroad. Didn't start off that way, throw off the rail ride. Then you add a, a railroad station and then a hot dog stand and then maybe a little souvenir stand with it. And then you add some rides and some shows and a uh, chairlift to Miners Mountain. And then... Um, uh, we added the zoo later. So over the decades, we've added more and more, and it's become the theme park it is today. And I really think having the train there as the centerpiece is just so wonderful because it's an artifact, and you're using it, and kids are engaging with it, and, and adults are engaging with a, ni- a mid-19th century artifact, which... You know, my son helped me appreciate that more (laughs) when I started learning things through him and his fascination with it. And he's been fascinated since Thomas the Train. I mean, that was like the best experience of his little life when we took him there for the first time. It's wonderful. Grows, but it doesn't grow too much. You know, it retains that that nostalgia that that we love so much. You're in ghost train season. That will end when? The end of October. Um, I believe it's the 26th or 7th of October is our last day of ghost train. That Saturday night of last weekend. And we then close, you'll get ready for Christmas. Right. We right. close that Sunday and uh, shut down for about four weeks and change yet again from a Wild West theme park daytime, ghost train nighttime to a Christmas themed uh, attraction. Christmas is our number one attraction now. It became our number one event when it debuted in 2017. It instantly became our number one event. Well, I'm looking forward to going. I've already been told to put it on my calendar by my son. So you need to go. Definitely going to be there. Absolutely. Does it snow? A lot. And Sometimes. It snows a lot in Blowing Rock, doesn't it? <laughs> like everything else, not as much as it used to. And we've been doing, um, we've only lost one night to weather. And that was last year on Christmas Eve, Eve, when it got down to 15 below zero and the wind oh, was mercy. howling. So the snow didn't shut us down. We did have two feet of snow a few years ago. We actually rigged a snow plow on one of the locomotives and plowed the snow to open up the tracks. I think that video is still on YouTube. And if you can find it, it's a great video. It's a beautiful video plowing through untouched snow in a steam locomotive. So a family that wants to make a weekend of it could, or even a vacation, could go to Tweetsie and then head over to Beach Mountain and go skiing. And I mean, there's there's so many things to do right there in, oh, that, gosh, yeah. in that space. 
boom, go to Mass General Store, go to Grandfather Mountain. Uh, there are great restaurants in the Boone Blowing Rock area, Gem Mines. The Blue Ridge Parkway runs right through here. In fact, the most spectacular portion of the Blue Ridge Parkway runs just a couple of miles here from Tweezy Railroad. So there's a lot to do. And this area is now busy every single weekend, whereas it used to be fairly dead in the winter. Now it's busy every single weekend with people coming up here from Charlotte or Greensboro or Roanoke or anywhere because this is such a great destination. Lots of lodging opportunities, shopping opportunities. It's a great place to work and live. So for listeners who want to see videos and pictures associated with this podcast, we've got a YouTube channel called um, that where you can go and I'll link that in the show notes where they can go see footage that we took, footage that my son took of the ghost train and, and all the other footage that we've taken this year. Kids will always be fascinated with trains, steam trains. Kids will always be fascinated with cowboys and robbers. There's something about that kind of hardwired into the American psyche. And, you know, Tweezy kind of fulfills that for a lot of people like your son. He's a good example. There's not like generations that outgrown it. New generations are coming out all the time that love theme trains. And that's what we have here. I don't know what it is about trains, but there's something about trains. Exactly. There's, you should come to our Railroad Heritage Weekend then at the end of August. We did. Um, you did? Okay. We good, did. Good. We were there yeah. for Heritage Weekend. Oh that's yeah. Only, he wasn't going to miss that. Good. That's the only time of the year we run both locomotives at once. So it's good to be here that time. Yes. We got to ride the end. So I just want to say thank you for giving me your time today and sharing these stories. And thank you for what you're doing for Western North Carolina and the region by preserving this wonderful, wonderful heritage. I just want to say we rode the ghost train. That was one of the best shows I've ever seen. It was amazing. Lots of fireworks and jump scares and werewolves and just the perfect blend of lights and dark and just a just a really neat three mile ride the lights here are gorgeous they've really decorated the park so beautifully i just can't say enough about how family friendly it is and if you if you want a family experience that's not overwhelming and not in a huge park I think this is this is the place you want to come to, and it's right in your backyard. You know, I've been coming here since I was little, and it's nice to come back and have family memories with my mom and my dad and my children and just get to experience this all over again through their eyes. The moon is full, and that kind of adds to the spookiness of it. We've got full moon and clouds coming over the moon. Another ghost train's pulling out. So there goes another ghost train for the evening. Always crazy train. And now we close out the night by watching some dancers perform to Thriller.